Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to season seven finale, Homemaker Chic Podcast. We are so glad that you are here with us. I am Shay Elliott of the blog, The Elliott Homestead, joined by the ever faithful Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl fame. We are the hosts of Homemaker Chic Podcast. We have been with you here now for almost a year and a half. Seven, seven full seasons. That is unbelievable. We started the day the world shut down. That is Uh our claim to fame. So when all y'all thought being a homemaker was crazy, (laughs) about a week later, you were like, hey, maybe I need some friends. And we were here for you. We get cred for that. Yeah. Uh, We also, I realized looking back, we had kind of not any idea of what we were getting into or what we were really going to do. With uh, this podcast. Well, actually, I would say, I beg to differ just a little bit. In all of our conversations, we had ideas, but then the world shut down. Like, we were sure. going to talk about entertaining and this and that. And then it was like, <laughs> hey, guess what? Stay home and tape your face shut and don't do anything <laughs> for a year. And that sort of threw us for a loop as far as, you know, plans we had made. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So we just sort of did our best and we're like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) We're still, we're still just doing our best. You guys were with us here on Monday. That was holy crap. Our best. That was our best effort. Oh my gosh. um, At that episode on keeping summer alive for the last few weeks of it. Um, but we are here, season seven yeah. finale. We're just going to have some fun in rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind. Lest you think that means that we're going to give you the magic sauce so that there's no grind. You're wrong. <laughs> That's what we we're do We're not going to tell you how to iron. It's not <laughs> happening. Yeah. Ooh, speaking of, I just bought a new Ooh. iron. <laughs> Might as well have been like a jacuzzi oh. or something. It's so amazing. The amount of steam. Oh, that comes I got out one. This it's iron. like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have now. I have an iron for crafts that yes. the kids thinks. Okay, first of all, audience, I would like to throw pa- Shay under the bus. I would like to. Okay, patrons, if you're watching, I would like to air quotes thank Shay and maybe I did this a few seasons ago for mm-hmm. like melty beads. Ooh. You have to put parchment paper between no. the melty beads and the iron. No, I know that. I am well aware of that, Shay. <laughs> but I have enough small particles in my world. Mm-hmm. Melty beads. Oh, my goodness. Or Listen, says the Lego mom. Come Legos. On. Legos are amazing. I, I could Lego Listen, maybe you just need long. to up your melty bead. Abilities. No, at least if a Lego creation is going to get destroyed, some turd has to come and like knock it over the table. What happens with the melty beads is somebody's like painstakingly arranged all this stuff (laughs) on said parchment paper, and then a turd walks by and jiggles the table a little. And you have to use the forms. Oh no, my kids are no, my kids (laughs) are freestyling. Well, okay. Well, I can't be held. They're like, that's a girl with error. a pearl earring over here, okay? <laughs> well, the, no, the forms are just, they hold the beads in place. Okay, well, I don't know what, I'm not responsible. My kids, they get them on Whatever. Amazon. I never User error. Whatever. <laughs> don't buy melty beads. Buy Legos. Legos are expensive. 
my poor Owen, he wanted this Star Wars box of Legos. He had his <laughs> eyes set on it, and he was just like, how much is it? I was like, it's $149. And he's just like, I think that's a little too much money. I was like, yeah. Lego, well, the problem with get the over Harry- yourself. No, but no, that's just like Chanel. Like, the problem with the Star Wars and Harry Potter, Harry Potter. and anything like that is you're paying for the trademark. You're already paying for the Lego, which that's a fascinating story. If you've never researched, like, the story of Lego, it's incredible. The guy, like, okay, we like capitalism and ingenuity and all that. It's very, very great story. Uh, but then you're you're paying for the next round of – the next layer of names, you know? Sure. Uh, so that's tough. Um, sure. But, yeah, dang, Broke my I, little boy's heart, man. Hmm. Broke his heart. So then I, I get like the just that you can order like en masse, like all the colors. Yeah. And so uh, there is a set. See, I'm kind of – I'm the nerd. I'm a Lego nerd. I love them. I want Steamboat Willie so bad. Steamboat Willie is – See, uh, my, is, I don't know. Did my eyes just glazed I know. Over? You just glazed <laughs> over like during my library story the other day. Um, <laughs> I'm so interested in <laughs> what you're talking about right now. <laughs> Steamboat Willie is Mickey's, so it's like Garbo Speaks, yeah. Garbo yeah. Talks. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's Disney's first uh, sound yeah. cartoon, right? Yeah. So they made one, and you can get the minifigs in black and white. It's Mickey and Minnie in black and white. Like, it gives me the vapors. It's so exciting. But my point is, if you have a Lego set that is too expensive, <laughs> like the library story, I will get to my point before your eyes glaze over best friend of mine <laughs> if there is a set your children really love and it's too expensive then the challenge is make your own here's all the colors make your own so my sweet juju made me a steamboat willy that is very sweet it is it's very sweet and then but what do you, you do about just... the lightsabers you know oh you can do that come on for for yeah, they have like the clear stems, different colors. Okay. You can do that. Okay. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I do appreciate the vote of confidence. <laughs> All that to say is don't buy melty beads. All that to say is I have a iron for an iron for crafts, such as Shay's poorly advised and encouraged melty beads. And I have a legit iron for proper clothing. There you go. You're welcome. Okay. Um, Season seven. That was awesome. (laughs) Should we pour a glass then? (laughs) Probably. All right. All right. All right. You guys know this is the part of the podcast where we encourage you to pour a glass with us. We got into some wine geek talk on Monday in our dry farm segment. So we will lighten up today. Keep it light because it is the season finale. But we do have a challenge for you. So there is a reason on this podcast why, oh, yeah. why we drink dry farm wines, right? These are super clean, no added sugar wines. They make you feel good and not because of the alcohol, <laughs> but because they're alive. They're like a kombucha, but better tasting with alcohol, <laughs> all of which I'm very much into. <laughs> Sourdough, kombucha. The sourdough of the wine world. Indigenous yeast, all that good stuff. So here's what we want you to do. 
We want you to be able to pour a glass with us. I know a lot of you guys are watching the video on Patreon. Uh, hello, everybody. Um, so we want you to pour a glass with us. So we want you to go to dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. We want you to order your box today. I know that some of you are hesitating to do this because I've gotten your email. Should I do it? Yes, you should. This is me telling you that you should. We want you to get your box ordered so that when we reunite for season eight in two weeks, you have it. And then we want you to tag us on Instagram and let us know what you think so that we can share that in our story. Yes, do that. Do that. So if you're feeling conservative, just get three bottles. If you're a red drinker, get three reds. And then get your Rex, whatever that one with the rooster from the grocery store or your menage a trois or whatever, like those standard love. Vieux ferme, vieux ferme, you know, like those like real yeah. Frenchy bottles you reach for in the grocery store aisle. Yeah. And do them side by side. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there was an old In Living Color skit with Jim Carrey. And he, maybe it was In Living Color, maybe it was one of his movies back when he used to be funny. And he said something about tipping back on grandpa's cough syrup. And that is what you will think of after drinking <laughs> dry farms. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> grabbing a bottle of grocery store wine. So you can mm-hmm. do three, six, nine, twelve. And if it is your first purchase, which that is the challenge we are issuing, you will get an extra bottle for a penny. Mm-hmm. So drink some over our break. Re-listen to all your favorite episodes, which are go- we're going to rehash today. And then let us know over on Instagram with the hashtag what I'm sipping. And we will yeah. put your story in our story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I'm still sipping on the bottle from Monday, so I've got nothing new to share with you. How ironic. Here we are. Um, I never got to tell you my shark story. Can I tell you my shark story? I think that got cut off on Monday. I think it did. This was important, you guys. It was. This was important. It's probably good because all I can think of is baby shark doo-doo-doo, which is I know is outdated. Why would you even say that? Because it happens. (laughs) I have small children and it was a big song in our family, like mm. Crab Rave. Did you no. ever see Crab Rave? No, and I don't want to. I, yes, I reject do. that kind of stuff in my oh, house. Oh, stop. I, I don't want it in here. <laughs> no, I can. I understand rejecting uh, Baby Shark. I, I don't know how we even stumbled upon that as a family. Yeah. But Junior one day was like three in the back seat, and he was having a meltdown. You know that moment where you're like, just take the phone. Just yeah. take it. We've got two more hours of a drive. Just take it. What do you want to watch? She's like, I want to watch Baby Shark do-do-do. And the whole family's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I think he saw it at somebody's house and just mm. psh, stuck in there like glue. It's made to stick in there like glue. It is made to stick in there like glue. This is funny because remember a few weeks back where Stu pay- played the show with his brother at the winery mm-hmm. for the anniversary party. Mm-hmm. So he was learning the songs. We have a playlist of like 20 songs that he has to learn. And it's The Pretenders. It's Tom Petty. It's mm. Fleetwood Mac. It's like all these great classic songs. So then my kids are being like, hey, dad play this song and i'm like uh-huh. oh yeah you make love and fun like yeah let's listen to that one <laughs> again <laughs> please don't sing that in public okay <laughs> little tom buddy oh i love this one working on the chain gig so good okay um okay i have to tell you my shark story you okay. guys I, I shared with you my my cougar story a few weeks back this was my shark story so we've established like that- let's preface cougar meaning like being chased by one <laughs> Not being one. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I'm not that old yet. I'm not as old as Angela. Oh, uh, you're middle-aged. Yes. No, you said you were middle-aged <laughs> a few weeks ago, which I thought was hysterical. Uh, I am. 
If I die when I'm 70, I am in the middle of my life. I am, I am going to live until I'm 98 and I'm just going to fall asleep in my bed. Boop. Me too. Maybe like 104. <laughs> I think 104 sounds more uh. legit. Um, I just my I just lost my great great aunt uh, last week and she missed her. We have longevity like on all sides of the family. My great aunt missed her 100th birthday by mm. two months. Oh, dang. She broke her hip and it just went like. Yeah, she just didn't recover well. Bless her heart, she was amazing, mm. but by two months. Oh dang! And now tell your shark story. I know. I see. I can't really fall. <laughs> it kind of lost its momentum. No, it didn't. You just were like, oh, my aunt died. <laughs> it's okay. She's with Jesus. Go ahead. You got this. Shark story. Do it. So, <laughs> we're at Polly's Island last year. Everybody's in the water. Sans me, because I am bleeding like a stuck pig. <laughs> and say what you will. I've looked it up on the internet. Google tells me, no, woman on your period, you're not going to attract more sharks. Uh, I feel like I might. <laughs> that is dumb. That's like Google that's like, oh, you only bleed a tablespoon and a half. The hell I do. <laughs> also on Google, a shark can smell a drop of blood four miles away. <laughs> well... Baby shark, do 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 do. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like this could be something. <laughs> so I am sitting on the beach. Okay, I do like not a go proper in. woman like right. a proper woman having my moment in my. You know, I need the tent just to Aunt send Mary. me to the edge of the city in my tent. Let me have my week alone. Okay. My family is in the water. Everybody's in the water, and I see a. A fin. Like, the waves are crashing oh right there. They're small, but they're crashing yeah. right there. Everyone's boogie boarding, body surfing. And I see a fin. I'm like, there's a shark. I see a, Words. I see a shark. And this is what's so crazy. Stu's like, we've been coming here forever. This is where they grew up vacationing. We've never seen a shark. Never seen a shark. I'm like, I see one. And it's the third time I've been. Okay. It's right there. So everyone just peels out of the water. Did you start screaming? Uh, I don't think I did. It's very blurry. You know, it's like one of those adrenaline moments because my kids were out there. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. it wasn't a huge shark. I don't care. It's a, it's like a fish that has teeth, right? It's Well, it's not a fish. It is a fish. It is a fish. Shark or fish? Shark or fish, Angela. Trust they lay eggs? Yeah, they oh, do lay eggs. They do? Like pouches, yeah. Not eggs, like little pouches of things. Oh. Or the, do okay. they, some of them give birth to live, but I know some of them give birth in like little sacky thingies. But I don't think they lay eggs in a remote location. Like they a just, fish. They're fish. I'm I hey Siri. So <laughs> our shark fish. One option I see is Marisco's Los Chinelas. It's sending me to restaurants that serve fish. Is that the one? So that's great. I'm sorry, Siri, you stink. <laughs> if you she really, if you really want an answer, you need Alexa. Siri is just always like, I mm -hmm. found this on the web. Gee, thanks, because I couldn't have done that. Sharks are a group of Elasmo branch fish. Oh, huh. yep. What Elasmo? Elasmo branch fish. Okay. 
there you go. Anyway, okay. there was a shark. I got scurred, called all my people in, and it's just unnerving. And and I try not to like think about it too much, but then sometimes I go down these rabbit holes and I end up watching a bunch of shark documentaries. And there you go. No, I'm not. I If I'm on my period, I'm not going in the water. Are you kidding me? It'd be like where they show the camera from below and the sharks are just like circling, circling. <laughs> dun it, dun it. That would be so bad. That like whole like perimenopausal, am I going to die now period? No, that's not. I am not doing that off the coast of Georgia. No, thank you. Nope. 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 <laughs> anyway, here we are. And... uh there we will be next year. Actually, it was funny. So the shark kind of goes through the waves. We can see the fin. There's another family swimming with their little kid just like 50 feet away. And I'm like, I say to my brother-in-law, like, you need to go tell them. Like, you need to go tell them there's a shark in the water. So he starts walking over to them. And all of a sudden, you see them book it out of the Boom. water. Like they saw it. The dad grabs the baby by the arm and like lifts it up and is just running towards the beach. <laughs> I am sorry. I I am a Great Lakes girl. Like, I am a Lake Michigan girl. There's nothing, like, the worst you have on the Michigan side, and not even really, well, I shouldn't say, a lot of times I swim in bays here, but on the Michigan side where I grew up, you have undertow, and that is legit. Yeah. That will drag your booty. Yeah. Like, you, as a kid, you'd be like, okay, there's my mom. There's my mom on the queen size sheet, you know? And then you'd look up, like, two hours later, and- there's my mom way over there. You know, <laughs> yeah. she's just like, clear to yep. the side. Um, but I'm not an ocean girl. I haven't. I don't have a lot of experience in the ocean. The only experience I have is like, I've been to St. Martin and mm-hmm. I swam in bays and there's nary a fish. There's not a stingray. It's just like a giant swimming pool. There's nothing. So mm-hmm. that whole like gray, murky, dark blue water thing with mm-hmm. like stingrays and sharks, mm-hmm. like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'll pass. Do you want to know even something crazier? Sure. We have friends who are certified like scuba divers. And they've scuba dived all over the world. And because our trip to Italy got canceled in COVID year, and we don't see a foreseeable future really where we'll be able to go back, they're sort of encouraging us to go somewhere else that will allow us in <laughs> and they are taking a trip down to Belize, which is a little country between North and South America. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you should do this. Cause we've already, we'd already like saved the money for Italy. Like we have it. They're like, well, you should go to Belize and like do something completely different. Cause if you give me m- money, like saved for a trip, I'm going to Europe. Like that's where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. So this would be mm-hmm. totally counter that anyway. They're like, if we go to Belize, we are definitely scuba diving. And you have to because it's warm and it's beautiful. It's like no other water in the world. And I'm Mm. like, no. (laughs) No. And then I was like, oh, do I want to be that type of person that just shuts myself off completely from stuff? Or do I want to be the type of person that is willing to do things until they don't – they're not good for me? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I'll try – Do I want to be the type of person who would try something? And if it gets to the point where I mentally can't get over it, then it's okay to call it. So I was asking my friend, I was like, okay, well, tell me, like, what would this involve? 
mm-hmm. because basically you'd need to be certified before you go down there to dive. Well, oh, to get wow. certified, it's only like four to six dives, I think. So they do the first one in a pool. But mm-hmm. then here, we don't have beautiful tropical waters. We have freezing cold glacial lake waters. And that's where you do your other dives, where you have to like take your equipment off underwater and put it back on. I'm like, to me, this sounds like probably the scariest thing you could ask me to do other than maybe mm-hmm. like sleep alone in the jungle at nighttime. That's basically like up there. They're about ranked the same. Cold, okay. dark water. Sturgeon. Sturgeon. We, we have sturgeon here, like the Come size on. of my desk right now. Yeah. Yeah. They're huge. They're Bigger. Huge. Yeah. They're prehistoric. They're Jurassic. Yeah. Huge. Uh, anyway, okay. I'm trying. So my point is I'm trying to figure out how I feel about it because it is really important to me that you don't just say, well, this is who I am and I like this and yes. I don't like this and I'm not willing to push myself. So Stu and I have actually been talking about it a lot. Like, would this be something that we could even potentially do? Or like, are these heart palpitations from too much caffeine? I don't know. Right, right. Anyway, Uh, have you ever done anything like that? uh, No, I mean, I'm a loser to like give you my little anecdotal story. Uh, But in Florida, we did uh, where we put on the snorkel thing and the fence and there were stingray and sharks and other fish in like this huge tank and we swam across the top in a so, tank yeah it wasn't out it wasn't in the wild it was in a okay. tank and so they did say like just move your feet like da, 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 da. like don't do anything crazy here's the rules and i i mean i i know a lot of people listening have done a lot cooler things but it was <laughs> a huge deal for me mm-hmm. because like i just knew no to the stingrays, no to the sharks. And, uh, but I was mad at myself. And I thought, well, that's really unacceptable with your uh, joie de vivre and your fervor for life to look yeah. at something and go, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I was, I was just, so I said, suit me up. So mm-hmm. I did it. And I, my heart was like, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I got all the way across <laughs> and I was so pissed off at myself for being such a coward. When I got across, I did it again. I said, suit me up again. Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So see, that's, so I did. that's I, the tricky I did thing. It. And we're always scared of the unknown because we don't know it. So this was this was where this conversation mm-hmm. went with Stu and I. He's like, you know, like your cow would definitely most likely accidentally hurt you versus a shark in the wild. But I said, yeah. but I know cows. And so he goes, well, then how did you learn to be around them because sharks or whales or dolphins, like these, they're, right. is it 100% predictable? No, but no. neither is a cow or no, a ram. I mean, have you ever had <gasps> your cow like move when or you're just right like go there? to swat a fly, you know, lick a fly off her back and hit you with her head? Or we had ours, uh, our, we have one chicken, Dorothy, who hops in the feeder while uh, Fern is getting her milk ration. And one day it just spooked her and she was on the stand. So, in the winter, we milk her on the stand. In the summer, we just milk her outside. She's super easy. She doesn't need to be like tied up or anything. But we kind of had her out of the elements for inclement weather. And she spooked from this chicken that's in her dish every day. And she almost killed Joel. I mean, so you can kind of know them and you can kind of feel that, you know, like when you have your baby and you have that anticipation, oh, now they're going to fart or now mm-hmm. they're going to do this. You know your baby's like, pre-move yeah 
the pre-move move, and you get that way with your cow, but she did. She almost killed Joel. She just freaked over yeah. a chicken that's in her business every day. Yeah. Angela and I get asked about our skincare routine a lot. The secret is Tubes & Co. Tubes & Co. is your one-stop shop for all things natural and organic that are free from GMOs, toxins, fillers, any artificial colors or fragrances, or synthetic chemicals. This is a company created by our friend Emily who has taken quality ingredients to an entirely new level. Whether you're looking for tallow bombs, deodorant, shampoo, soap, foundation, lipstick, skin tonics, eyeshadows, so much more, this is where you need to head. Emily dreams of women using her skincare with confidence, knowing that it is pure. I want you to go and try the frankincense tallow bomb and feel that whipped silky pleasure. Or try the red wine lipstick and enjoy feeling dressed up. The Charcoal Ball is amazing for cleaning skin and removing the day's makeup. And of course, make sure you try the Glow Serum, formulated from virgin, unrefined oils, which has raving five-star reviews. Visit tubesandco.com to stock your bathroom and makeup case with these pure, beautiful products and use the coupon code HOMEMAKER for 10% off. The Elliott Homestead Cooking Community is a sponsor of Homemaker Chic Podcast because, frankly, homemakers have to cook. This is for home cooks out there who would love some new inspiration ideas and motivation in the kitchen. Each month, you'll get five new recipes shipped to your door or to your inbox, whichever you prefer. Recipes will range from entrees to side dishes to desserts to sourdough breads and everything in between. I'll also guide you through the month's recipes with a long, in-depth cooking video showing you new skills and encouraging you as you give these recipes a try in your own kitchen. And lastly, you'll be invited into our exclusive community of like-minded home cooks where you can ask questions, share your successes, and gain inspiration from women just like you. The Elliott Homestead Cooking Community is here to inspire and nourish your family with whole food recipes, price-conscious recipes, from scratch recipes that are designed to enjoy. We're going to teach you to bake. We're going to teach you to use sourdough. We're going to teach you to ferment things and to try new ingredients. Visit cook.theelliothomestead.com to join as a member today. Yeah. I mean, you do what you can to understand the situation as much as you can. There's Mm -hmm. always going to be an element of uncontrol. Yeah. Um, But that's what scares me about being in the water is I don't know water. I don't know water. I don't know fish. Mm -hmm. I don't know, oh, there's a, like, group of this fish. That means that this fish will likely be following. And, like, oh, don't put your hands in places like like this. In and out of garments and stuff like that. I'm claustrophobic like that. I know. (laughs) I know. It sounds like the worst thing in the world to me. Like, I'm not being dramatic, but I just also am not wanting to shut myself off from an experience because I'm scared because a lot of times fear just comes from not understanding something. Mm -hmm. And like my friend was encouraging me, he was saying, they're not trying to like get you to fail. They're trying to teach you. So like if you're not understanding, if you're not comfortable, if you're not getting it, it's not just gonna be like, well, we're going to throw her overboard anyway and see what happens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like The idea is that you learn and you don't move on to the next phase until you do learn. And anyway, I don't even know how we got started on that, but that's okay. I, I, I think it's worth it's I mean, causing turmoil in me. So I also watched a shark documentary. Oh brother. On a woman <laughs> who has done over five thousand dives. It was an excellent documentary called Playing with Sharks on Nat Geo. It was fabulous. And it was goes to show you like you you just fear what you don't understand when mm-hmm. you don't know. Some of that fear is good. Fear keeps you alive in a lot of situations. Right. Uh, but a lot of fear can actually be 
dealt with just by understanding the circumstances better. And I don't want to go through life mm. being like, you know, what? I'm afraid to figure out the Paris metro system. Allah, I will never go to Paris and ride the metro. Like, that's a silly thing to think, you know? Yeah. Could stop you from a lot of things. I remember being terrified when I went to Europe for the first time. Terrified. Mm. Anyway. Okay. I don't remember what yeah. that was about. Sorry. I, you know, I didn't remember the... F- I didn't remember the part B of the story that I, when I got out, I did it again until you started talking and asked me if I had my own experience. I, I had forgotten that part of the story, but yeah, I was so <laughs> mad. Like, what What a loser. Like, that wasn't that bad. You had this whole, all built up in your mind. Like, do I want to go swim in like shark infested waters? No. But yeah. this like controlled environment, I can see the stingray, I can see the shark, they're telling me how to swim. I was so angry at myself for being such like, for about you know, having like a panic attack halfway across. I was like, I'm mm-hmm. doing it again. Mm-hmm. So hmm. I went snorkeling in Hawaii one time, but it was in like the, uh, it was like a controlled sort of inlet that was yeah. at the hotel. So it was mm-hmm. wild fed. So in theory, if something big wanted to get in there, it could because mm-hmm. it was open, but it was a small little teeny bay, but we snorkeled in there. I was just completely horrified. And I'm holding on to Stu's leg and he's like wanting to just have a great time. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> don't leave my side <laughs> just in case. So we see this dark thing up ahead. It's kind of murky, so I can't fully see it. And it's big. And I'm like, this is it. First time snorkeling. I will be the tourist that's killed in the lagoon at this hotel. And we get closer and my heart just like it quite literally just stops. I see I completely seize up. And this thing swims closer to us. And it's a gigantic sea turtle. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, thanks for noticing me. (laughs) I think I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to make it. (laughs) Stepping out into the new normal. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, anyway. Maybe that needs to be the theme of season Eight. Yeah, maybe we're on to something there. Trying new things. Trying new things. Yeah, I was just listening to a podcast the other day where um, the guy said something that I have said myself. I don't I, I do not do it every day because I don't think my life is set up that way. But he said he tries to do something out of his comfort zone every day in this interview. And maybe that, uh, yeah, depending on what time we have before going into the holidays would be a fun mm-hmm. topic. Mm-hmm. To broach you I, on the podcast. Yeah, because I think that's so applicable for the homemaker. I mean, mm-hmm. especially for people who are just starting out. I mean, that could just be inviting people over for dinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or attempting to make something new that you're not sure about. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's wearing a skirt if, you know, you've been wanting to sort of change the way that you dress. Or, mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, we really can train and protect ourselves to just sort of stay in on ourselves. And it's great to recognize that because then when somebody sort of is encouraging you to to maybe put more of an outward motion, like it, that is going to be feel unnatural. It's going to feel uncomfortable and scary. But at least um, after you've done something once or twice – whether it's swimming in a controlled environment with sharks and stingrays or whatever, you know, like you, you can recognize that feeling. Mm-hmm. 
And so you can go, oh, this is that feeling that's associated with the unknown or with the first time. And and I know how I respond to that. Right. And I know X, Y, Z. And so you can, I think you can approach it then a little bit more pragmatically and less emotional, less mm-hmm. like chemical release in your body, adrenaline, um, because it's going to be everything for the homemaker, whether it is having somebody over for the first time or yeah, yep. making small talk. We've talked a lot this season about making small talk, you know, just all those sort of um, mm-hmm. unknowns reaching out to somebody who's hurting. We had an episode um on July 1st about miscarriage mm-hmm. and how to uh, approach women that have miscarried and how to comfort them and even just uh, acknowledge it yourself with what's happened. So I think anytime you start branching out into that new territory, the feeling is going to be similar. So once you get kind of accustomed to that feeling, then you mm-hmm. recognize it and you go, okay, now I can apply method XYZ. Yeah, I know myself, you know, I know what to do. <clears throat> One of the things, uh, valuable lessons. So season seven, um, is where I started working out with my trainer. And one of the things I, one of the lessons that I love mm-hmm. have learned to love about this. I still hate working out by the way. I do love lifting weights. I have found out, uh, I don't like using the word empowering, but it is, it's very encouraging to me to be like, look what your body can do. That's been mm-hmm. very exciting to me. But what I've had to come to to grips with is like, it's not about the emotion of it at all. Because every time before I go, my body's like, don't do this to me. Don't. Please I've don't. been chronically yeah. sore for five weeks. Like it hurts. Mm-hmm. I've like gagged. I passed out. Like it's not, there are days that have been really hard. And she just keeps encouraging me. Like it's, you just got to show up. It's just the discipline of yeah. coming. And so to me, the mm-hmm. mental discipline of doing something that I don't even really want to do, but that is good for me ultimately is really, really important because that's what bothers me about these sort of uncomfortable situations is that the easy way out is always just not doing them, but that's not what's best for us ultimately. And that's applicable Mm -hmm. in a thousand different Mm -hmm. ways. And you can discipline your mind in so many different ways. But the result yeah. is still like growing in discipline is actually really, really important. Mm-hmm. And, s- and in keeping with the theme of this season, it it allows you to see um, the beauty and the romance in things. And so mm-hmm. if you have become the type of person that is doing like all these sort of tangible romantic homemaker moves. So you're making dinner and you're lighting a candle and you've got beautiful linens and you're experimenting with a new menu and you've got fresh flowers and you're, you know, you've kind of taken everything that we've talked about over the last, you know, since the beginning of the show and you've applied it. Um, That's wonderful. But the sort of awe of that will wear off and pretty soon Mm -hmm. it will just become, um, de rigueur, you know, it'll just become what you do. Right. And so in challenging yourself then to, to try new things, you get an opportunity to see the romance and the beauty, uh, in new things in yourself and the way you, uh, respond to things. I know empowered is like a cliche word, but Mm -hmm. it is, you know, we, we do live very comfortable lives, relatively speaking. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole 
show topic for me. We live very comfortable lives. And so when you expose yourself to new things, you get to see another Mm -hmm. aspect of beauty. Beauty is not narrowly focused. Beauty is, um, yeah, there's a lot to it. Yeah. Um, I have a story to tell that kind of reminds me of that. I grew up in a certain type of church. And then um, when Stuart and I were dating, we started to go to a church that was really different than what Mm -hmm. I was familiar with. And there was this part of the church liturgy that was called, um, so this was like right before we came together for communion and it was passing the peace. So it would be Mm. the time where you would get up and you would shake hands or give a hug and be like, the Lord be with you. And then the person would say, and also with you. Right. Or in the Midwest, I think think you say, and also with your spirit or something. Mm. There's like a two, there's two schools of thought there. Anyway. So you would pass the piece. It would only last for like 45 seconds or a minute or whatever. But, uh, you know, I've talked about before, like my social anxiety on here. I have a really hard time with that. And I would go and I would hide in the bathroom. When I, I knew the passing of the piece was coming, I was like, I can't face it. I cannot shake hands with people and just be like, the Lord be with you. And, you know, they'd, then they'd small talk. How was y'all's week? You know, we're so glad to see you. They're so kind. There was never a bad experience. Mm. But I would go and I would hide in that bathroom stall. And, you know, it took me years to get comfortable to enough to do that. Mm. And I think about that often because situations like this or situations that we avoid when things are too easy for us is yeah. – um, Over time, I think about it like water over the rock. It's not that big of a thing. It's not that big of a thing until all of a sudden 10 years pass and you're like, whoa, this little thing has actually really shaped what's going on here. Mm. And, uh, you know, kind of a set liturgical church service was that was a huge training thing for me. I -hmm. didn't like it for the longest time because Mm. I was trained on something different. I was trained on emotions, on Emotion. feelings yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And now they're mm-hmm. just saying, hey, we're showing up and this is the what we're we're marching through this every week. Same thing. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for it. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden you realize, wow, I've been so shaped by this. And mm-hmm. I think that's great news for us as a homemakers as we grind it out every day and we're showing up every day to do breakfast and we're showing up every day to do laundry. And that's also what can be our pitfall. On the other mm. side, because if we're not taking the time to make sure that that water is flowing in the right direction, small movement as it may be, we're going to be shaping things in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. right? We're going to be shaping things where all of a sudden 10 years go down the road and, oh, like my relationship with my son is still really strained or, oh, look, no one likes to be here anymore because of the environment we've created. Mm. I mean, do you know yeah. what I'm saying? I do. And think about the rock. I mean, like a rock in typical situations is jagged. So like right. the water has to force itself over. So if you're always giving like taking the easy way out, like, oh, redirect the water. Yeah. Redirect it away from the jagged rock. But in over time, however many years, then the rock is going to get smoothed out. And then those habits that you crave will become a natural response to you. And then you will have that aroma in your home that you want. But you have to let the waters maneuver themselves over the jagged rock. If you're always just giving like a free pass Mm -hmm. or saying no or taking the easy route, 
or letting the water go, oh, it's easier that way, then like that smoothing out, that refinement is never going to come. Oh, the, the easier route is so much easier. It's like, so much easier and it will always <laughs> present itself. Don't ever be delusioned that the easier route will not present itself. It always will. And it'll always tempt you and be like, hey, I'm over here. I'm over Amazing. here. I don't need anything from you. I'm not requiring anything from you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I really wanted to title season what was it? Season seven, Embrace the Suck. That got vetoed. I listened to a podcaster the other day that said that, by the way. He said the words embrace the suck. I didn't realize that was like a pop culture yeah. expression. I didn't know that either, actually, until you said that. I'll tell you out um, there who said But I that. think it still rings true. But the thing about the suck is it's a short-term suck. Mm-hmm. Um, Always. You know, when I think about, like, let's say we're training our children in the way that they should go. That's mm-hmm. a short term, a relatively short term investment into who the person is that they will become ultimately. Yeah. Um, and the same is true for many things. I have to, you know, mentally encourage myself to do this or to follow this schedule or to show up for this. Mm-hmm. And that tends to be short term. Um, even like going back to the church example, that was a short term growth challenge for me. Now there is. There is nothing that I look forward to in my entire week more than that two hours mm-hmm. that I'm at church. And there's no other way that I want to worship other than this way. Um, if you would have asked me that 15 years ago, I would have thought you were absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. But our our hearts, our spirit, they're moldable. They're trainable. And I mm-hmm. so badly don't ever want to be that type of person who just, you know, kind of deals their digs their heels in and say, I'm done learning. I'm done growing. I'm mm-hmm. done challenging myself. Like, mm-hmm. I love that you swam across the, ch- the tank of sharks twice. 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 Hmm. It's fabulous. What kind of sharks were they, by the way? Uh, I've got sharks on the mind right now. I, I remember hammerheads and I remember stingrays. And then I don't know if there were smaller other ones. Like, like none of them were sharks or something. than five feet. Yeah. But it was just still the idea for me. I mean, that was out side of my yeah no and when they're like don't move around like just go like do, 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 do. yeah i was like are you kidding mm-hmm. like you're giving me rules here like this is disney world this is for real mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. oh it's mm-hmm. a disney world oh that's crazy. it was at like one of the uh uh park no, not the three main parks but one of the water parks oh, okay had like this big tank where you could swim across well there you go there you go there you go. Um, yeah, we might have to kick around this idea some more because, uh, you know, you and I are both, we're very growth oriented people mm-hmm. and not just in the sense of like, I'm going to accumulate stuff or I'm going to accumulate mm-hmm. wealth or anything like that. It's just, I don't want to be the same person in 10 years that I am now. That would make me very sad. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of want to like buffer that with Another feeling that you and I feel really strongly about is that life doesn't need to be made up of all these like peak moments. Like I'm yeah. not talking about like sort of this modern trendy, do the next thing, be your best self, live your best life every six weeks. <laughs> I'm not, ta- I don't like, I don't mean that at all. I just yeah. mean like, a, just like a pragmatic look of like, am I being a weenie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that could be like the least mountaintop moment ever do i need to learn how to make a muffin (laughs) 
you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, can I share something that almost Please. has nothing to do with this, but I feel like maybe we can relate it? Okay. I watched a YouTube video the other day and it changed my life because. Oh. I know. I love YouTube sometimes. I hate it 99% of the time. I love it 1% of the time. It was this mom of 11 children, lots of laundry. Okay. Speaking mm. of being a weenie, I do not want to be the type of person that complains about laundry. I genuinely don't. Yeah. We are not carrying our baskets down to the river with our washboard and our so- large soap scrubbing right? and mending our socks. Okay. Like, yeah. let's just give thanks for the washing machine. I mean, I put it in with a scoop of soap that I didn't make and it washes it for me. Lord have mercy. This is amazing. Okay. Yeah. Our great grandmothers would be mortified at what we complain about. Oh, I mean, it's gross. Really mortified. Like, yeah. in our free times, we watch The Crown. We don't darn our husband's socks. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's keep it in perspective here. Yeah. So, this mom of 11 was her husband was a CEO, and like his whole job was to make systems run better. So, where things got bottlenecked, he would solve. Mm-hmm. So, she sat down with him and was like, hey, I cannot stay on top of laundry. It's not good. It's not a good system. It doesn't feel good. So okay. he's like, okay, let's write down the system. So she writes down the, the whole way she does laundry. Have you seen this? You're smiling. No, like I'm, okay. I'm, fasc- okay. no I'm fascinated because okay. you're making me feel of like the cheap, the true story behind Cheaper by the Dozen where that guy was like all about doing things more effectively. Yes. The original. Okay. okay. Yeah. The original. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I'm thinking of yours, mine, and ours. Where she marries the military guy and he's like so systematized. Anyway. Okay. Well, okay. the original, like the uh I don't know if I've seen the original Cheaper by the Dozen. No, it's old. It's old. Yeah. But it's like they redid it with Bonnie, what's her name, and anyway. King Tut and all that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can't think so of it. the the two areas where laundry got bottlenecked for this particular family was okay. sor- sorting the clothes after they came out of the dryer. Okay. And then uh, putting them away. And I'm like watching this like, oh, that's where mine get bottlenecked. Like I dump seven loads onto the bed and we've got to sort them out between the Ew. boys and the girls and the regs and the towels and mom and dad's and ironing <laughs> oh, and blah, blah, blah. Gosh. So her husband was like, not a problem. So he comes up with this solution. Okay. And I'm telling you, I, I ordered the things we're doing this. <laughs> Every child, they have 11, mind you. Every okay. child has their own hamper. There are Mm -hmm. no communal hampers. So there's not one in the bathroom. There's not one in the kitchen. It's like Owen has his own hamper. Will has his own hamper. Not only does this help to track who has an exorbitant amount of laundry, a ridiculous amount. Exorbitant. Yes. That's what I meant, (laughs) obviously. Okay. So that's the first thing. There are no communal loads of laundry, which is basically all I do. Oh, do you? I didn't know that. Keep going. No, no sorting. Yeah. Right? So, like, even if Will only has half a hamper, Tuesdays are Will's wash day. Will washes whatever's in his hamper. I'm not throwing extra in to make it a full load. We're only washing his stuff, putting it in the dryer, yeah. pulling it out into his hamper. Okay? Mm-hmm. No sorting. This is very exciting to me. Okay. And then... Because kids, my kids, at least they're at the age, like they can't really put their laundry away. They can't really fold it. They can hang up. We have certain hang up things. And so what this mom did was she basically, instead of getting them dressers with just like, you know, two drawers where they had to fold clothes, it was just like a, you know, 
stand that had these little like 12 by 12 boxes, sort of pull out Mm -hmm. fabric boxes with the handle. You pull it out. And she's like, if your kids don't have a crazy amount of clothes, they're not going to get wrinkled. They don't need to Mm -hmm. fold them. You just got Will has his pants box. He's got a shirt box. He's got a sock box, his underwear box. So the Mm -hmm. kid just knows I can put this away here. I'm not waiting for mom to fold it. I'm not just shoving all of the stuff into one drawer and shoving it closed. Mm -hmm. That was a long explanation, but I am so excited to give this a – I'll be doing it over our break. It's okay. When we'll be cutting our teeth we should on do this another new system. Laundry episode. Okay. It's very exciting to me because then I, of course my mind just goes like what other things are bottlenecking in my homemaking? Mm-hmm. Like can you think of one right now where you're just like this system is not working for us? Um yes. What I mean it's it? just <laughs> it's well it's just stuff. It's it's the boot room stuff. It's that my uh, dear husband has garage stuff ekes its way into my mm. boot room during projects sure. like it doesn't get sure. put away um but my kids are really good about doing their own laundry okay and so that helps with sorting sure. every once in a while you know a couple times a week there's like a load with everybody's in it and then we just um i i gotta say like and then like not with any pride but like i'm better at laundry now than i was with no kids okay I don't know if it's just because it's such a point of like, well, that's the tipping point. That's what yeah. makes me feel like my house is a dump and I don't deserve it. So I just. Um, yeah. That's why. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sunday night, I just put on an earbud podcast and I knocked out two loads of laundry, got them all put away. And but Mike and it's funny because the kids like they know which drawers things go in and mm-hmm. bless their hearts. They're such troopers. They're in antique dressers that like are sticking in the humidity. Yeah. They can hardly get the drawers open. I'm like, this is your underwear drawer. This is your t-shirt drawer. This stuff goes on hangers. Um, yeah. See, I just had to let that go because mine also had antique dressers. And, you know, the bottom's falling out of the drawer. Oh, yeah. Like, it's bad. Things it's, are, you're and soaping like, them. You know what? I don't care. I don't care. Here's this mm-hmm. $75 thingy that i Thing got off from amazon and mm-hmm. it'll probably break in a year i don't care <laughs> i don't well care. i mean a huge step for me was hampers i would never wanted hampers in the corner yeah Ew, no like that's you all the hampers i know i have hampers all the hampers yep. all the containment give me all the containment and then i just bring it down and when it rots i throw it away yep i love that solving as the solving problem aspect that the homemaker gets to like face the day with you know, um, whether it's scheduling things or budgeting or figuring out a new laundry system or mm-hmm. like, I love that part of it. I love like, it too. I, I mean, get to make this better. Bringing like bringing in a technical mind, like from the outside in to say, this is where you're messing it up. This yeah. is where your day goes off the rails. Yeah. That really intrigues me. But I also don't want to be so like rigid in my thinking in that there is a solution for everything because families get runny noses you have to wipe butts people need to be shepherded there's all sorts of uh when you come when you you know there's homemaking and then there's like motherhood in addition to homemaking and there are so many variables with the motherhood that i think when you bring in a lot of like rigidity or if you just had a system yeah you and can I o- think that's yeah, overdo it. You can kind of o- OD on that. Yeah. And yeah. But I think that's one of the reasons why, like, you and I ascribe more to routines 
Right. Versus then schedules. We can't be like dogmatic. At two o'clock, we do this. At eight o'clock, the chores are done. The dishwasher is unloaded and we've got the school books open. No, heck no. Nope. No. No, I can't do that kind of scheduling at all. But the scheduling Mm -mm. that does save me as a homemaker is the kind that says, hey, construct every every Friday, I, I don't go to the grocery store. I know it sounds posh. I pay extra. I have Instacart do it for me. I love it. I would give them all my money because they go to the stores and I hate going to the stores. I don't enjoy it. So I do an Instacart order. And and what I can do every Friday is just say, hey, do you need anything? The cow is dry right now. Do you need milk? Mm-hmm. Do you need something for a cooking community recipe? Are you having company? Do you have enough of this ingredient? Right. Because you can do a small order. You don't have to wait until there's people are eating crumbs off the bottom of the refrigerator drawers to right. put to go to the grocery store. You can do your Azure order once a month. And every Friday, you can just top off. Make sure that you have the tools mm-hmm. that you need so that that doesn't totally go off the rails and you don't up, end up spending $150 on takeout in a week. Yeah. Like you yeah. can actually save yourself from that. Yeah. And that's where we have to, I think, as homemakers, and then we probably should wrap this up. Uh, but I think as homemakers, we should we need to practice being diligent because we have been given such a gift. We are not scrubbing our laundry in the local creek. We're not using the huge contraptions that our great-grandmothers did. Uh, you know, we have so yeah. many luxuries and um, that there are certain, I do really believe, maybe dogmatically, but that there are pockets of homemaking where if we're a hot mess, that's just plain sloppy. Yeah. Because we have so many perks. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's posture of the heart, okay. ladies. Posture of oh, the heart. Yeah, I no. love that when all the seasons' themes keep repeating themselves. They do. I hope we because can, it's still. Relevant. I hope we can keep going for many, many years. Uh, yes. Next season, friends, we have fabulous guests for you. We're going to have repeats of some of your favorites oldies but goodies that you haven't heard from in a long time and so we're very excited for you to join us for season mm-hmm. eight Crazy. of homemaker chic so here's the rundown we want you to be a patron you can be a patron at a five dollar level and you can get downloads of the cookbooks and you can see if you know if there's something we print we offer with a particular episode you will have access to that at the ten dollar fangirl level you will have full Video episode access. So we always say watch on Monday, watch a few days later on Thursday, listen on Monday, watch a few days later on Thursday. Did I say that right? Gosh, I didn't. Yeah. Watch, watch a few days on later. Monday. No, just shoot me. I'm fired. Say it. I don't know what you're trying to say. I'm trying to say listen on Monday, watch a few days later. Yes. Listen on Thursday, fine. watch a few days later. And okay. uh, we have a fangirl call coming up where we will be posting that on the Patreon page. So be sure to check that out. And if you would like to just give the $10 a month fangirl level a try so you can join us for our fangirl event uh, next week, please do that. We would love to see you there. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic Podcast. And make sure that you get your Dry Farm Wines order in and share with us over on Instagram. So order it now at dryfarmwines.com forward slash Homemaker Chic. A huge thank you to all our sponsors who do keep Homemaker Chic on the air. We could not be here without you because our husbands would not allow us to just hide in our offices for hours and hours. No, that wouldn't happen. (laughs) Ladies, thanks for joining us here on Homemaker Chic. 
Uh, so many of you have reached out to us via email this season. It means the world to us. You send mm-hmm. the kindest, most heartfelt, amazing emails. That's why we are still here with you, frankly. Uh, and it was a doozy of a season. So uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. And I guess we'll see you in two weeks. Fabulous. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.